For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Believe in Lions. I'm your host, Eric Oakry, right here on the Believe Podcasting Network, Detroit's number one sports podcasting network. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I know I sure believe. I believe, I believe, I believe. Well, I'm so glad you joined us here for the debut episode. We're going to talk all about the Detroit Lions and make sure that you believe as we head into 2020, the NFL draft, free agency, all types of things. You can find me on Twitter at Derek Oakry, and that's spelled D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. At the end, this is Believe. I believe. B-L-E-A-V. I believe. I believe. I believe. In Lions. So let's not mess around. Let's get right into it. I've got three major topics today. They're kind of the hot buttons with the Detroit Lions. I want to talk about Matt, Patricia, Bob Quinn, and I want to talk about the Lions Foundation, their pieces moving into 2020. We're going to talk about the general manager, the head coach, and then those core pieces, I'm going to give you contract details. I'm going to talk about some of the players that this team's kind of building around. You know, uh, heading into 2020, I do think there are a lot of core pieces there, and I do want to help you guys believe. So let's do this. Let's take a quick uh, pause. I'll be right back to talk about Bob Quinn, the Detroit Lions general manager. All right, everybody, we're back. So let's look at Bob Quinn for a moment. Now, Looking at his bio, he started in 2000 with the New England Patriots. Started at the bottom, worked his way up, you know, was a scout, I think, for seven, eight years. Player, uh, pro personnel, you know, all through that heyday of, of the Patriots from 2000, you know, all the way up until he became the Lions GM right there, 2016, uh, I believe is, is when he came on. So let's let's start out with his drafts. You know, I, I want to talk a little bit about some of the players he has obtained that have worked out. Again, uh, on this podcast, we're definitely going to believe we're going to believe in the Lions. I mean, I, I think that's what we need to do and uh, talk positively. So, again, we are moving forward. You're probably listening to this, and uh, the season has completed. Recording a bit early here, but uh, we are heading to 2020. So so let's look at some of the good things Bob Quinn has done, you know, from a draft perspective. You know, his first draft, the players I highlighted, uh, Taylor Decker, there in the first round. I believe he was picked 20 or 21. You know, you know, as, as the way that draft fell, there were a few defensive players there, a few other guys that people had pegged. But Taylor Decker from before the draft had kind of started was the guy that people thought would be there, uh, a guy that people thought the Lions needed at that point. 
And again, in my opinion, he, he's not elite. You know, he, he has his issues either with penalties or, or sometimes getting, uh, you know, players that go around him. But he's also a very, uh, I put him in the above average category of left tackles. And you know how I know that? Because I only recognize him the few times he has an issue over there. Otherwise, he's pretty solid. He keeps this guy off the quarterback from the blind side. He's been a plus piece for the Lions. The next two guys I wrote down was A. Sean Robinson and, and, and Glasgow. Glass, uh, you know, to me, those are two really solid pieces. Again, people want to pick out the, the the misses Bob Quinn had, but when you look at it, Sean is basically started from day one. He had that dip, I want to say, his second year where he kind of really fell off the map. People thought this guy was completely done, and then he had a resurgence. You know, he's played really well. Graham Glasgow, you know, they, they brought him in. He's a center in college. Then they started him uh, at left guard, I believe, then he moved over to center. Now he's playing a right guard for the Lions. Uh, pretty ro- rock solid in there. Now he's not a guy that moves people. You know, he's not a guy that will totally, uh, you know, bull people in the run game. You know, I don't see him dominating down there, but I see him being solid, no doubt about it. So I think that's encouraging. I put Miles Killebrew kind of as that later round pick. He's a guy that I had some high hopes for when they first took him. But again, when, I, when I'm rolling through some of these guys' resumes and where we're heading in 2020, I'm looking for solid football players that have kind of just been good at whatever role they're called to on this team. And Miles Killebrew, he's been real solid. He's been a guy that's been a core special teamer. He never developed into the, the hard-hitting safety we all thought maybe when he was taken, uh, I believe, in the fourth round of that draft. But he's been top special team tackler. He's a tough guy. He's a smart guy. He's been really reliable as a as a, what do you put him, like almost as a solid, you know, backup type player at both safety, linebacker, and a core special teamer. So, you know, getting four players out of that draft, as you're going to see as I roll through Bob Quinn's drafts and as you move to him and free agency, you know, four or five guys in a draft that continue to be on your team and continue to play a, a, a impactful role, whether it be offense, defense, or special teams, you know, ends up with you having a good football team over time you know, not right away. And people think, oh, you're going to hit on every single draft pick. That's not the case. So let's go ahead and dive into the next draft. You took Jared Davis again around pick 20. Uh, Kenny Galladay there in the third round. Jamal Agnew has been a guy that's been a pro bowler when it comes to return game. You know, he plays a little bit of corner. He hasn't really developed in that role, but still been a, been a, Contributing player, no doubt, basically from day one uh, as he was brought in as a rookie. And I put Jalen Reeves-Maven as sort of that late pick. You know, I think he was a fifth rounder. Reeves-Maven is a guy that hasn't really got an opportunity to play outside backer or run and tackle, had some injury issues. But I think he's a guy that has really, you know, come into his own on special teams as well as, you know, again, another draft pick that this is you know, year three, four, whatever it is for JRM. And he's been on the team and been and been doing some things. So so that's something you got to take into consideration as well. Next draft, Bob Quinn is bringing in Frank Ragnow, the centerpiece of the offensive line there in the first round. Again, uh, picking in the middle rounds, Frank Ragnow is off a little bit of people's radar, but he did have a great college resume. Really good football player, top to bottom, guy you don't have to worry about. He's plugged right in, played him at left guard as a rookie. He's a little bit out of his natural position, still did well as well as position versatility. Now they move him into center where he's, you know, most um, accustomed as well as just playing at a pretty much a Pro Bowl, you know, top type level in the middle there for the Lions offensive line. 
Bob Quinn was able to come back in the second round and get carry on Johnson, a guy that showed out as a rookie when then he got injured, missed uh, four or five games towards the end of that year. People loved the ability, the prowess they saw. He was able to run for 100 yards, break some big runs, really show that he can he can tout the rock at the running back position. Excited about him coming into his second year. He's, he's run into more injury issues, but this is still a plus player. You'll hear when I talk about the Lions Foundation and some of their players to build around. I, I still think Carrion is one of those pieces. Uh, everybody in the league has injuries. It just depends. Comes to the middle, beginning or end of your career, as well as are they extended stints or are they guys that are hurt kind of on and off all the time? You know, it really depends. In the third round, Bob Quinn was able to take uh, Tracy Walker, a guy off a lot of Detroit Lions radar, but a guy that is really coming into his own, in my opinion. He's got all the physical traits you look for from a safety that can come down and cover tight ends. He can run and hit. He's got the length to hopefully get his hands on some footballs moving forward. Got to play a little bit as a rookie, a big role here in year two, and I expect a, a, another big jump for him in year three. And he was also able to make a trade and bring in Deshaun Hand there in that draft as well. So again, four other core pieces of this team to build around guys that are, you know, still on the come up guys that are, uh, you know, versatile can play different positions, can make impact, you know, pretty much big physical type football players, all four of those guys in their own, you know, skin and guys, I think that can help. And the last draft I want to hit on is this most recent one where he took TJ Hawkinson up there at the top of the draft, tight end number eight, you know, lots of opinions on that. But the Lions really were hurting at tight end, and there wasn't really anything you'd want to invest in top level and free agency as a guy that can make an impact, start, block, catch touchdowns, things like that. So I think Bob Quinn just thought, hey, I get my tight end for the next four or five years here in this draft and uh, add to our offense in that area. He went in the second round and got Jelani Tavai. Again, another player a little off the radar, but um, fits what Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia are looking for. Big you know, linebacker, great personality, great leadership skills, able to bring him in. I think here in year one, he's done more than uh, an acceptable job there, both in the middle and the outside. And I think you'll only see him grow. I'm really excited about his, you know, how, how he fits, the puzzle piece that he can be on this team. In the third round, the pick that we traded uh, Golden Tate for into Harris there. And I think this guy's a good player, too. I mean, you watch his college tape, you watch some interviews from him, you think that this is a guy that can grow into his role. Now, he's been thrown in the fire. They got rid of Quandre Diggs, and they put him out there, and I've been disappointed. Like, all year, he's been a step slow. He's been, I haven't seen the run-hit ability that I expected. I haven't seen him, you know, every once in a while, blitz off the edge and get after the quarterback. I haven't seen him down in the box taking on tight ends and being able to man up with him. But... He has the athleticism, he has the size, he has the the want to, the leadership, and just a great head on his shoulders. I think, you know, anybody that always thinks all these rookies, especially in the third, fourth, fifth round, are going to come in and be studs from day one, it may take them two years, but you don't just cut bait on them. You hang in there, you, I don't know, believe. I believe, I believe, I believe. And again, that's B-L-E-A-V here on Believe in Lions. Uh, you believe in those guys, and... and Harris's guy I believe in on the back end. I'm hoping him and Tracy can become a really good pairing, as well as I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions add another versatile piece in the back end, either at safety, 
uh, a guy that can drop down and play linebacker, a really versatile piece. I think, you know, they're not opposed to having three of those guys as well as you've seen it with Tavon Wilson. He's a he's a vet that's been back there and they've still been able to play all three of those those guys and do well, as well as Austin Bryant, a guy they took in the fourth round out of Clemson. This guy was injured to start this year, so people have written him off. He's come out and played a little bit. He hasn't been tremendous, but he's been good. And uh, Austin Bryant is a guy that I think can can do some things as well. So so those are the first four drafts, basically, for Bob Quinn. Two of those, obviously, were for the coaching staff by Jim Caldwell. The last couple have been for Matt Patricia. And I think there's a big difference between when you're swinging there, between coaching staffs. I'd really put Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia together as having two seasons now. Um, also somewhat undoing those first couple years of roster that they had built under Caldwell and heading into, you know, this third year with two drafts under their belt, two sets of real free agency. I'll get into that here in a bit. And I think those drafts, when you really break them down and and look across the league, you know, you're not going to find many GMs that are consistently getting four, five, six players in a draft that are contributors. Obviously, I left people off this list that are on the fringe, and I also left guys off that have um, not been as successful because, again, we're looking forward to 2020 and all the guys I named um, should have a role on this 2020 team in some capacity. Uh, a few may move on, but most of those are core pieces the last couple years, and hopefully will be that in 2020. So um, quick uh, pause and be back talking about Bob Quinn, free agency, and trades. Be right back. All right, everybody, let's get into it. Bob Quinn, free agency and trades throughout his tenure here as the Detroit Lions GM. One of the first players Bob Quinn brought in, I believe, was Tavon Wilson. A guy, again, most people want to make this into a bit. I don't think it's a problem. From the New England Patriots, uh, Tavon Wilson, a guy he believed in. I believe. And a guy that's produced, a guy that's really grown into his role. He started out as a starter, then went to more of a depth guy here in 2019. He's been out there a lot. Um, can run and hit. Really solid football player. Looking back on it, bringing in Tavon, where he did, at the price he did. Good move by Bob Quinn. The next move, a lot of people somewhat shook their heads at this. It's been a tremendous move. Marvin Jones. Marvy Marv has been great here for the Detroit Lions. Uh, basically a four-year, $40 million deal, I believe it was. Never really averaged over $8 million some dollars a year. He scored touchdowns. He's made catches. He's had a little bit of injuries here and there. But other than that, when he's been out there, he's been dependable. He catches it when it's in his area. Really, really like what Marv's done here with the Lions. And people are talking about moving on from him. I really think just hang on to him and keep him here with Kenny and either with Danny Amendola or another receiver and, and ride it out. You know, Marvin Jones seems happy here. He's been a great player, somebody I'm really excited about. The next guy on my list traded a fifth-round pick for him. Unbelievable. Um, Snacks Harrison was able to bring in Snacks Harrison via trade. He absolutely flipped the defense, flipped the Detroit Lions defense, and uh, you know had us up in the top ten. Here in his second year, you know he he was a late arriver to camp. They were able to get a deal done with him. Been a little bit hit or miss, but it's in my opinion it's because a lot of the core pieces around him have not been there. He's still stuffed up the middle. I think he's still a great cog on the middle of this defense from a no-tackle perspective and uh, really happy to have, have snacks in Detroit for the next year or two. 
Um, Bob Quinn was able to bring in Ricky Wagner. Again, pretty big price tag here on Ricky Wagner. Uh, again, uh, on this podcast, we're going to do this. I believe, I believe, I believe. We're going to be positive. And to me, Ricky Wagner has been a plus piece over there at right tackle. Everybody wants to have these pro bowlers, these just absolute brick walls on both sides. I mean, it doesn't happen. Across your O-line, you're going to have guys that are playing average, below average at times. Yes, he's paid to be a top-type right tackle, but he's played most of the games over there. Again, uh, gets beat from time to time, has issues in the run game at times, but overall, not too many games where I'm yelling at my TV talking about the right tackle over there, Rick Wagner. He doesn't create any issues. He's a solid citizen, good in the locker room, very quiet guy. Rick Wagner, to me, is a a plus piece overall brought in by Bob Quinn. Now, will they move on from him due to contract uh, you know, stipulations or details that it may just make more, more sense financially? Possibly. But then you got to fill that position. And I'm more than happy to put a healthy Rick Wagner on the right side of my offensive line on most weeks in the NFL. Bob Quinn was also able to bring in Anquan Bolden a couple years ago uh, under the Caldwell regime. Quan, I mean, gosh, I can't remember. I think he had five, seven plus touchdowns, a really solid player. You know, a guy, Matt uh, Stafford, uh, I don't know if you've heard of him, Matt Stafford, our quarterback. Stafford! <laughs> He's, uh, he loved Quan. You know, he'd throw to him all the time on third down in the red zone. Another great, uh, great signing. Only stayed here that year or so, but, uh, you know, another good signing by Bob Quinn. Zach Zenner was an undrafted free agent that Bob Quinn brought in that uh, was meat and potatoes. He was always there, could depend on him in the run game, pass protection. You'd see him on special teams. The the guy was a good football player. I mean, he stuck around, went away, came back, went away, came back. Now seems to have moved on, but uh, bringing in Zach Zenner for an undrafted free agent, we're able to get out of him another really solid move. Christian Jones came in from Chicago, a linebacker. Bob Quinn actually double-dipped on Christian Jones and Devon Kennard in free agency. Um, Two big, physical, size-type linebackers set the edge, tackle, add that beef that he wants to be able to stop the run and be a physical football team. Uh, Devon Kennard has been a much better overall player, has been able to get after the quarterback, has been able to kind of be a leader of this team. Christian Jones... A guy that kind of flies under the radar. When you look at some of his ratings and whatnot, he's he's better than you'd expect. But a lot of the fans, you know, like to point fingers at, at Christian Jones and call out his weaknesses. I, I still think not only has he been on the team for multiple years now and, and played a key, uh, key to decent role, he's also been re-upped and is going to be on this team, you know, uh, unless, you know, a cap casualty or something happens. But I'm happy to have Christian Jones hopefully as a depth linebacker, not as a full-time starter, but as a guy that's big, physical, and can play on the outside, has played some inside in his career. Devon Kennard mostly plays the jack on the outside, but he's played middle as well. So you're adding versatile pieces to go with Tavai and Jared Davis. You know, pretty solid linebacking core that obviously people want to add a freaky outside linebacker that gets after the quarterback. They want to add a tackling machine, a guy that can diagnose, run, and hit. I get that. But what we have right now is something solid to build off and we're quality acquisitions by Bob Quinn, in my opinion. Trey Flowers, uh, we're going to talk about, you know, last offseason right here. Trey Flowers, they brought in and paid upwards to $18 million per year on a five-year deal, too. 
he came in slow. He kind of had this shoulder ailment that he's been getting over. People wanted to write him off, wanted, wanted to call him, you know, a bust, wanted to say, why isn't he getting after the quarterback? You know, why does he have all these big sack numbers? Trey Flowers is a big physical edge. He's got long arms. He can get after the quarterback. He can stop the run. He's a quiet leader. He's just an absolute... He's a he's a stalwart of this defense and a guy that Detroit should be really happy to have. I'm happy to have him. He's come on late here in his first year with the Lions. He's going to be here for multiple more uh, future seasons. I think all you're going to see is better things from Trey Flowers. Will you ever see huge sack numbers? You know, 12, 15, 18 sacks? You know, I don't know. But I think he's always going to be around that double figures, and he's going to add a physical presence, great motor. That's what you want. Justin Coleman's another big acquisition they brought in this past year. Paid him upwards to eight, nine, ten million bucks a year to play slot corner. Uh, he had his moments to start, you know. Um, Coleman is a guy that uh, was punching the ball out, was getting his hands on the football, was real sticky in coverage. Towards the back half of the year, he hasn't been as well. But hey, what can I say? I believe, I believe, I believe. I believe that Justin Coleman can be a key piece to the secondary. He knows his role. He can play it. Slay's obviously always been solid. And then if you can add another corner on the outside, as well as those safeties I already talked about, that's a good to above average secondary uh, right off the top. So Justin Coleman, I see big things coming from him. Uh, Mike Daniels, Bob Quinn brought in. I put him on this list because had Mike Daniels been healthy, I think he would have been a beast for the Lions. He had a lot of injury issues. He didn't get much time out there. When he has been out there, I think he's still been dinged up. But Mike Daniels is the type of nasty physical football player that I like Bob Quinn bringing in regardless of the results he got from him. And he paid him $8-9 million. I get it. But Mike Daniels is a freaking beast. I'll take him on my football team any day of the week. And we'll see if he comes back. I would love him to come back on a... A lighter deal. I think Mike Daniels can be a, a beast and, and an absolute. Um, you know, he he doesn't have many years left, but he believes in Matt Patricia, and I think he's been just a stud, probably in that defensive line room, as well as a guy that's helping instill that that really nasty attitude and that ability to just kind of be a an ultimate competitor. And that's what the Detroit Lions need in the back half of the room, even when they're not able to do it physically on the field. You know, we need some of that in the uh, meeting rooms as well. Now, to close up on Bob Quinn, you know, lots of people have their opinions acting like he's missed on all these draft picks. He's, you know, been a, a lackluster to poor general manager. I mean, this guy's been very prudent with the with the um, salary cap. He, in his first couple of years, I don't have the exact numbers, but he only had around, you know, I want to say less than 10 million, if not five or six million those first couple of years with Caldwell, really bringing in just very bare minimum pieces, you know, just kind of tiding, you know, being, like I say, prudent to me is the word. He's just kind of sitting there knowing he can't do much, knowing there wasn't a ton to, you didn't want to trade away core pieces. You didn't see him giving away. Um, slay a couple years ago you didn't see him you know taking you know Matt Stafford and trading him for draft picks just kind of sat there okay I've only got a little bit of money to spend that's okay we'll keep signing good players and good deals we'll turn around and last year they had I want to say 25 to 35 some million that they spent and they went out and they got Flowers, Amendola, Coleman you know these are guys that 
that I think will be core pieces to to move forward with and people that everybody in Detroit was happy with, you know, when they got signed. Now, after what, half a season, people want to just quit on these guys or act like they were bad free agent moves. So Bob Quinn, as well as, you know, in past years when he has money, he's been willing to spend it and been able to spend it on pieces that are still around and that are still playing and they're still solid good football players on this team now we need an infusion of game changers blue chippers as a column and i believe before we even uh oh did i say i believe i believe i believe i believe b-l-e-a-v the believe podcast network got to get that in one more time uh again you will be able to find us on itunes spotify google play stitcher uh, Luminary and TuneIn. Now I know with the holidays we're still trying to get this up. So if it's not up on all the platforms right now and you're listening on Believe.com, it will be shortly. Just waiting for iTunes and Google Play to get off their holiday vacations and get us together and help get us on uh, get us on the air there on those platforms. But please check us out. Please hit that subscribe button. And uh, also I want to throw this in right now. If anybody's interested in advertising on the show. Uh, please contact Believe at Believe.com, and they can help hook you up with how you can advertise on the show. We'll be sure to promote your products as well as, you know, love to have you join the Believe in Lions podcast here. So to to close it up on Bob Quinn, I, I think he has built, you know, a solid team. The the record, some of the things haven't shown that, but if, if you look deeper, all the players I ran through, they're core pieces they will be here and I think they'll be um, exciting to watch and this is the first offseason where he's not only had a team that he's built he's had his head coach and he's had over 50 million dollars to sort of reshape this roster now he'll probably cut a few guys that I've either mentioned or that are on this team he'll probably add some players that we're not expecting but I think if he hits another four or five player um draft where he brings in core pieces that can help us as well as takes that money and puts it to use i know he likes to kind of hold you know 10 15 million back just in case for a rainy day i think you may see him um, be more aggressive and go and use that money to really ramp up this football team i think matt patricia who i'm going to talk about in a minute has a really good handle now on this team from a culture perspective he's undone a lot of things and he's moving forward so for all the people that think bob quinn has just missed left right and center i just showed you he hasn't for all the people that think you know he hasn't brought in free agents or done well at trades i just broke down guys he's brought in that have helped us and that are good top end players that can make an impact once surrounded by other good football players and the salary cap went from nothing to now he's got 40 million or so last year heading in with 50 some million this year and still lots of young core pieces so bob quinn i gotta say it man i believe i believe i believe i believe i believe in you i believe in the job you've done and uh, keep it up so take a quick pause we'll be right back to talk all things matt patricia Welcome back, everybody, to Believe in Lions. Now, I'm going to talk about the hot button of the day, and that's Matt Patricia. And you know why I'm going to talk about him and why I'm going to talk lonely about this guy? Because I believe in you. 
I believe in this guy. I mean, I think that when he came in, everybody was excited. He's had two seasons where the record hasn't been there. But let me break down the positives of Matt Patricia for you. So from 2004 to 2017, he was with the Pats. In 2010 or so, he was named the defensive coordinator. Yeah, if you're keeping track, that's three Super Bowls in in that realm. Three championships. So for all the people that want to say, well, he came in here, he didn't respect Detroit, he didn't uh, do it Detroit's way, this guy's got three rings with the Patriots. For anybody that thinks that he was just sitting there sleeping at meetings or um, not contributing, and Bill Belichick did everything, I know that's wrong. I know Bill Belichick leaned on this guy to diagnose other offenses, draw up game plans, you know, bring the heat when it mattered most in those big games, playoffs, Super Bowls. Gosh, this guy's been in every situation. He had to deal with um, good football teams, bad football teams. He had, a, you know, Tom Brady, but he also had some not-so-great offenses in those years and was still able to play top-notch type defense. Kind of a bend and break, but bend but not break, but also a guy that, if you look at the stats, many years was he up there in, in you know, the statistics when you're talking about points against turnovers, things like that. This guy can coach some defense and that's why everybody was happy when he came here and everybody is lost in the, in the results right in front of their face. Now, like I said, I think he was an integral piece in new England. He came here. I think he saw right away. Oh my gosh, we got to upgrade the facilities. We got to upgrade the practice habits. We have to get a better work ethic. We have to get some of the things that Caldwell had put in in regards to being a quote-unquote players coach um, out of there. He had to motivate the quarterback. And he had to sort of get this team totally flipped around. You know why he had to do that? Because Matt Patricia wants these. Matt Patricia wants this. I want winners. I want people that want to win. And he had came from a winner, and he came here and looked around and saw no winning at any level of any substantial ability. Now people want, oh, we were 9-7. and seven. Oh, We made a couple playoffs. He doesn't care about that. That's why he ripped it up. That's why he flipped everything upside down. And some people didn't like it too bad. Matt Patricia is a guy that came in here, saw lots of things wrong, implemented a lot of new things, a lot of new practice habits, a lot of new things at practice. I mean, we're talking about practice, right? We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Practice, man. Exactly. We're talking about practice. How you go out there and work your tail off to become a champion. So Matt Patricia brought that in. So he gets to Detroit. He realizes the whole culture, the whole setup needs to be overhauled. And yeah, of course he's going to try to win in the midst of that. But he knows it's probably a bigger process than he thought. Even though, I mean, I'm sure he believed. Again, B-L-E-A-V, the Believe Podcasting Network. Matt Patricia believed in this job. He believes in Bob Quinn. He believed in the situation. But when he got here, he also said, I believe, but I believe we need some changes. And he went and made those changes. So I, I think, you know, that first year was all about changing everything and really just getting after these players that have been living in a country club type lifestyle. He was able to do that. And then he moved on. Um, 
and again, in the midst of that, he's taken all the heat for the bad record. I mean, real bad record year one, but also that back half of the year, top 10 in defense, you know, really stout, was able to put some game plans together that really made it hard on other teams to, to come to Detroit or to play the Lions. Year two, he's had injuries across the board. He's still hung in there, still been an absolute stalwart when it comes to his approach, what he says, what he believes in. Um, you know, top 10 type defense towards the end of 2018 to the bottom of defense here this past year. But again, I believe. I believe, I believe, I believe. Now, most people like, they're like, well, show me. Don't just talk about it. I mean, they want to see it. If I can see it, then I can do it. And I'm here to tell you, like, a part of the NFL, drafting, free agency, building a team, it's not all about what's happening right in front of you. It's not all about, well, wow, my team's good, so I'm going to just love them because they're good. They could be terrible the next couple years if they don't have a good infrastructure, if they don't have good young players. And, and the opposite's true right now with the Lions. A lot of people don't believe because they don't see it right this second. They forgot about we got a quarterback basically in the prime of his career. We've got offensive weapons. These defensive players that we just brought in or just drafted are just sort of coming into their own and getting comfortable. All these things that I think are going to help this team in the long run, people have forgot about because they can't see it and uh, they don't believe. But I'm here to tell you it's going to happen with this head coach and this GM. Now, kind of the six core principles I think that Matt Patricia is building his foundation, the foundation of this team on, as well as where he is as a head coach, is he always talks about it in, in his pressers, fundamentals. He, he started with the fundamentals. He felt like this team didn't have good fundamentals when he got here. And again, that's from practice habits to just simple things like defensive line technique, being able to be physical on the offensive line, how we run the football, you know, how we protect the ball and don't give it away. All these things he's been working on and they still have not totally come to fruition, but he had to start at the ground up. So fundamentals are big with him. Hard work. This is a guy that's not letting people, you know, take Wednesdays off every week just because they won a football game. He's he's not taking it easy on practice. He's running, you know, two-plus-hour hard practices, not the, uh, the jog-around, take-it-easy, you know, type practices you've seen in previous regimes. You know, he's in there. He's in the mix getting after the defensive line, hitting the sled, showing people this is how it's done at a championship level. And if you want to get there, this is how you have to work. This is how you have to get after it. That also leads to his next core principle I think he has, which is consistency. Matt Pat wants to see you good Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then into Sunday. He does not want to see you have a great practice on Monday, loaf through the next couple days, think you're going to show up on Friday at a walkthrough, and then think you're going to ball out on Sundays. You have to be able to practice with consistency, with effort, with that ability to be at the top level. You know, you have to be consistent when it comes to, um, you know, managing and, and preventing your injuries. Uh, you know, consistency there comes from being in the weight room, being uh, taking care of your body, eating right, um, being on top of all those types of things. I think he's building those consistencies. Most people, again, don't see them right this moment. But there are players that have transformed their bodies. There's players that have 
um, learn that the hard work does, you know, pay off and, and being in those situations and being in that high temper type atmosphere and practice will pay off in the long run. Uh, another thing I think Matt Patricia stands on is scheme. You know, he has a scheme that he's learned and worked with. I also feel like it's a scheme that needs some tweaking. Um, maybe it worked, you know, years ago. Now it needs a little bit of refining to be able to still work. But the core principles of big, nasty football players that stop the run, that are able to bend but not break, as well as be able to scheme up different um, game plans every week to try to beat an opposing squad are what are going to propel them in 2020 and moving forward. I think um, Matt Patricia hangs his hat as a head coach on balance. He wants to be able to run the football. He wants to be able to stop the run. He wants to be able to um, throw it. If you're going to let him throw it, he wants to be able to uh, turn the football over. You know, he wants to be balanced in all these different areas. He doesn't want to be a high-flying 40-point team that also gives up 40 points. He doesn't want to be able to um, play the whole new NFL game as some teams are doing. He wants to be balanced. He wants to be a bit old school. And I think that even though that may worry some people, when you really look at track records across the league, those coaches that have focused on fundamentals, balance, old school type principles, over the long haul, it really does work, you know, because football, as much as we try to make it this crazy complex game, it's it's pretty simple. It's about blocking and tackling as well as scoring touchdowns and being able to um, run the football, do those things that the game was built on. And the last thing I have here on Matt Patricia and what he's sort of building his team around and why you should believe in Matt Patricia I believe. is finish. I feel like this guy is all about finish. He knows that he's trying to build a team that can finish in the fourth quarter, a team that can be built for the long haul, not just for 2019, 2020. You know, he wants to be good from 2020 and beyond. He wants his team to be able to fight through any type of adversity when it comes from, I don't know, the referees or any other type of team and wants to be able to still finish the ball game, win the ball game. I think he's getting there. I think in 2019, again, the non-believers um, can say, well, he hadn't finished any ball game. They've, they've collapsed at the end in all those. And they've also been there in all those games. And yes, they just need to get their head around finishing a bit better. And that comes to having your core pieces on the football field and rolling at the top of their game, who I'm going to talk about here in a minute. So to finish up on Matt Patricia, a coach with a winning pedigree, a coach that's worked his way up from the ground up at, at Syracuse, Worked his way through all the ranks with the New England Patriots. Has basically only been in that organization at the pro level. That team has won at the highest level. He learned under the greatest coach of all time. He called defenses from 2010 until he took the position with the Lions. Um, in that span, the Patriots were always in the mix. They were always winning the division. They were always coming up big on offense and defense to win football games. So please don't pretend he can't do that. He's got rings. He, thank goodness, came in here and didn't try to do it the Detroit Lions way. Didn't try to make everybody happy because that's what we've had here. And we know that doesn't sustain and doesn't get us wins at a high level. And, yeah, he's going to build his team on those principles. Fundamentals, hard work, consistency, scheme, a balanced football team, and a team that can finish and finish at the highest level. So, Matt Patricia, I believe. I believe, I believe, I believe. And I think all you out there should as well. I know you can't see it right now. If I can see it. But I'm telling you it's coming. It's going to happen. 
um, we're going to be excited about it. I mean, I know we're all thinking about those Super Bowls. Think about it every night and day. And I'm telling you, you can B-L-E-A-V, believe on the Believe Podcasting Network in Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn and the future of this team 2020 and beyond. Take a quick break. I'm coming back and talking about the core pieces the Lions have to build around and why you should be excited moving forward. I'll be right back. Detroit Lions fans, we are back here on the Believe in Lions podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I believe, I believe, I believe. Super excited for this debut episode. Spent the first uh, part of the show there talking about Bob Quinn, the Lions general manager, and head coach Matt Patricia and why you should believe, I believe. in them, why I believe, I believe in them, and why you should believe in 2020 i I think this is really going to open your guys eyes and again you may be listening to this again i I, like i said i'm unsure if we're up on all the different podcasting platforms yet but one thing i want to do is if you guys could really help me out is once we're up on itunes spotify all those different platforms especially on itunes if you guys can go leave a review a rating um, you know, leave us a five-star rating. And what you, I really want you to do is leave a question that you have for the show in, in the description, you know, something you want me to answer on the show, make sure you leave your name in there. I'll definitely shout you out on the show. That's definitely something I want to do is get those ratings up, but also, um, all you guys that believe out there, I, I want to answer your questions. And that's one way to do it is put it in um, your description with a positive rating, please as well as we'll get some other ways that you can reach out and send us questions. You can always send me questions on Twitter at Derek Oakry. And again, that's spelled D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. Please hit me up on there. I'll be putting stuff out saying, hey, I need some questions for Believe in Lions. You send those in. I'll read your name, your Twitter handle, whatever it may be. Hit up those questions on future episodes. And another thing I didn't hit off the top is uh, every week um, – you know, there may be a weeks, uh, there may be a week every month where I'm going to do a solo, but uh, moving forward, we're going to have some guests on the show. I think down the road, there's some possibilities of getting either a former Lions player on here to co-host with me, or I would love to get somebody from the front office, whether it be just a front office exec in the NFL, or maybe a, a former executive with the Lions to be able to talk about all the things I love, which is player um, player roster construction, draft, free agency, salaries, all those things we'll talk about. And all those things we're about to talk about right now, because I'm about to open your guys' eyes with a big list. I even have lots of names off of this list that I'm excited about for the Detroit Lions, whether it be their play on the field, whether it be their ages, whether it be their contracts. And once I read off all these guys, you're going to be like, wow, that is quite a lot of players that the Lions can not only build around, but that you've seen things from or that you can be excited for. Some of you may be skeptical, but I know lots of others of you believe. I believe, I believe, I believe. And I, so do I. So here's some people to believe in, and here's the Lions Foundation as I see it moving forward into 2020 and beyond. So let's start off right off the top with Matt Stafford. Stafford! Stafford is 31 years old people write him off and yes we've been scared by this back injury not knowing not only 
how if that's going to affect him moving forward but also this guy's made a boatload of money so he says he wants to play till he's old like he's 31 he could easily play till 37 38 39 um if he really wants to you know i could see another five prime quality years from this guy if he's healthy so matt stafford is 31 he makes an average of 27 million dollars a year but we have him locked up until 2023 that's three more full seasons of football where he's under contract and we don't have to worry about um, as quarterback salaries raise up into 35 40 45 whatever they're going to be matt stafford is here he's the leader of this team he's a guy who's never going to create any issues for you off the field he's a quiet leader but he's a guy that everybody seems to respect you got to love him as the quarterback of your football team so start right there with matt stafford expect him to be back in 2020 rolling throwing that football all over the field Trey Flowers, the guy we brought in uh, last offseason, the people that are are anxious or waiting for him to do big things. This guy's 26 years old, people. Yes, he makes $18 million on average, but he's here till 2024, locked up. He's a physical specimen. He's an absolute, you listen to him in the locker room, you're like, this is the kind of guy everybody wants on their defense. Trey Flowers, a huge piece to the Lions Foundation. Darius Slay is 28. Everybody's writing him off like he's towards the end of his career. He's definitely got a couple top years left as an elite corner in this league. He's 28 years of age, makes $12 million on average. Again, a, a, a good to halfway bargain at that position for what he brings this team. Will they move on from him? Maybe, but even if they do, they'd be able to use that money and still address the cornerback position. But I'd love to see Slay here. He's under contract till 2021. I know there's all that talk about him wanting more money, this, that, and the other. Hey, he either plays for the Lions or he doesn't play. Bob Quinn can, can play that game if he wants to. Um, Darius Slay's been really good. I would really like him in 2020 under this current deal. If he wants more money, I could definitely see the Lions moving on from him, but in a good way, moving on and being able to reappropriate that money properly and get some good players, younger players in here that can also help us. Marvin Jones is 29 years old, only makes $8 million on average, as I said earlier. Have him till 2021, so still another season for Marvin Jones. We have Justin Coleman. At the ripe age of 26 years old, uh, making an average of $9 million a year till 2023. Now, now the biggest thing when I say 2023, I think his deal is up, you know, at the end of the 2022 season. So just for you guys out there listening, that's kind of what I'm saying when I say those numbers. And the average is kind of the average amount through the, you know, the the life of the contract i know there's years where he makes a lot more because of bonuses or because of the way they they move money around but on average you know justin coleman at nine million that's a that's a hefty price but he's a very important piece as a slot corner we do not want to remember the days of nevin lawson and uh, <laughs> other guys in there that just could not play the position so justin coleman man I believe in you, bro. We need to step up in 2020 and uh, hopefully have you playing slot corner with two good corners around you for many years to come here in Detroit. TJ Hawkinson, the number eight pick tight end guy that, you know, is a is a smooth route runner. Really good in the locker room. Doesn't say much, doesn't do much. Just out there to play football. Ripe, very young age of 22 
years of age, uh, makes on average across his deal $5 million. And this is why I say about the draft so often, he's here till 2024 on, uh, you know, is when his deal expires. So for even me, that was going crazy a little bit about wanting to see more usage of this guy, wanting to see bigger numbers. He's 22. He's plays tight end. Like if he comes back next year and does, you know, double or, or does a, a substantial more than he did this year. He's a very plus football player that you can have on your offense. You got to love him. Devon Kennard, this guy's 28, makes six million only on average. He's he can set the edge. He can get after your quarterback. He's he's probably if we had to make a captain of this defense just from a leadership, you know, vocal, but also just always where he needs to be, always making plays. Devon Kennard is my guy right now for the for the captain of this D. Now some people want to move him off the field for a a new shiny piece. But watch what he does on Sundays. Watch who's second in the quarterback. Watch who's always where he really needs to be. Makes consistent tackles. It's Devon Kennard. Uh, this is another hot button guy right here. Taylor Decker. Um, only 25 years of age. Um, a left tackle. One of the most highly priced positions in the game. Only makes $3 million on average across his deal. He's got another year with the Lions. They can pick up that fifth year option and pay him a good chunk. But, you know... I expect him to be here in 2020, and then we'll see what happens from there. Frank Ragnow, 23 years of age, only makes three million bucks a year on average. He uh, is is here till 2023. I think again he's the centerpiece of your offensive line. He's smart. He had a few bumps in the road when he was playing guard, but he is a guy that can move, um, play both guard positions and center. I would think he's going to be at center for years to come. I think he's above average, um, if not great at the position. And I think he just has a few bumps in the road where he'll get miss a block causing a sack or something where people will, will, will notice it. Other than that, he's pretty rock solid in there now playing his natural position of center. So Frank Ragnall, you got to love him. Um, another, another lightning rod of a player, Jared Davis, only 24 years of old only makes an average of around three million bucks a year 2022 so we have him locked down for another two seasons another two full seasons and this offseason i i'm not moving on from jared davis i mean if anything i'm i'm creating a new role for him whether it's on the outside or being able to blitz and get after the quarterback but i'm definitely not moving on from jared davis by any means i think you keep him you maybe limit his role in certain situations you move him around you blitz him more but you don't just get rid of this guy i mean he he loves football he's big and physical he can run got it got to keep him i mean i just can't understand all the all the hate for jared davis and and i see the plays he misses don't get me wrong but uh, again, I believe. I believe. B L E A V, the Believe Podcasting Network. We gotta, we gotta pound that home on the debut episode. You know this. Let's take a quick pause right here, though, before we get into the back half of this roster, because I still got names. I still got more people that I want to talk about and building blocks for this team. So, take a quick, quick pause. I'll be right back. Believe in Lions podcast listeners, we are back. Well, let's jump right back into this roster again. Let's not waste any time. Snacks Harrison, only 31 years of age, uh, gave him a little bit of a deal, gave him a, a nice hefty price. I mean, 11 million bucks to be here for the next two years for the Detroit Lions. I I see that number and my eyes kind of jump out. Just, ooh, that's a lot for a nose tackle, a guy that kind of just clogs up the middle for the run. 
but I like his mentality. I like him as just a physical guy in the middle. It's it's a it's a pretty penny to pay, but uh, man, I I still believe in this guy. I believe, I believe, I believe. I think you'll definitely see him here in 2020. If his play picks up, you know, he'll be around 2021 as well. If he has a down year in 2020, I could see them moving on and trying to save some on the cap of that extension they gave him. Christian Jones, 28 years old, average around $3 million bucks a year. Have him for a couple more years. So even though they extended Christian Jones, $3 million for a, a stout outside backer that can play up basically all three positions. Knows the scheme. You know, one of the guys I hinted on earlier that's really transformed himself into a, a very muscular, lean, big football player. Yeah, you would love him to be a little more fleet of foot. Yeah, you would love him to be able to cover or, or get after the quarterback a little bit better. But he he's he's solid. You know, he's a he's a stout piece that you can't just find any day of the week. You can't go find a linebacker with his size um, on the street every day. So Christian Jones will be here for at least the next year or two. Will Harris, uh, 24 years old, $1 million. Again, kind of that piece that uh, that they were able to obtain. And he's a great chess piece, man. I'm telling you, Will Harris can, can, can play the back end. He should be able to play the run better next year. He can guard tight ends. I know he's hasn't turned the football over, hasn't been. But remember, even in the preseason, I think he scored a touchdown. He got his hands on a few footballs. Might have had a pick or so in the preseason. He showed some flashes. He just kind of got thrown in and has learned on the fly. I think he'll be a big jump up in 2020. Joe Dahl is a guy that we took late in the draft. I want to say fifth, sixth round. Didn't do much his first couple of years. I was ready to move on from him. I really didn't see anything. Obviously, Bob Quinn has seen something. 26 years old. They've been able to transform his body as well, make him a bigger, stout football player. Gave him a little extension, kept him around till 2022. Um, only averages $2 bucks a year, basically a starting left guard. I mean, I'll take it. I'll take that guy as a guy that I can... Uh, put out there and not have to worry about it. Put the money other places. Tracy Walker, our starting uh, safety back there, call him a strong, free, whatever you want to do. He can move all around. He's got the crazy length. $1 million a year taken in the third round. Have him for at least two more seasons under that type of deal. Tracy Walker, to me, is a future maybe captain of this defense or a guy that you can build around. I just, I just want to see him turn the football over, get your arms on the ball, get be in position to make plays. I see him as a guy that can be a playmaker. I love him in that 21 jersey. So T-Walk, Tracy Walker, baby, I believe. I believe, I believe, I believe. Next guy I had on my list, Austin Bryant, taken in the fourth round, only 23 years of age, only makes a million dollars, have him for um, till upwards to 2023 Austin Bryant I mean I think he's going to be a great depth versatile piece I know we haven't seen much from him this year people have slept on him people forgot about him watch for him in 2020 and 2021 to be an integral piece of this defense Kenny Galladay oh baby um still only averages a million bucks a year where he was taken in the third round 2021 um, is is when his deal is up. People are talking about him as a big extension either in this offseason or next offseason. I say pay Kenny and take care of him here before it's too late. He's proved himself. Yeah, he's not the fastest player. Yeah, he's not the you know the most physical, but he goes up and gets the football. He's very dependable. He's shown improvement every single year. 
everything in his vicinity he catches. He's shown this year that he can be a touchdown monster, which I was calling for last year. I was saying, use this guy in the red zone. Like, throw the ball up to him deep. And that's what they've done here in 2019. And probably 1,200-some yards and 10 to 12 touchdowns. we got to love that kind of production. Bo Scarborough I have here on my list, only 23 years old, and we we have him um, through next year at only $500,000 a year. Bo has shown great flashes. He has a great head on his shoulders. I think he can be a nice player. I'm not ready yet to just say him and carry on, we're good. I want to see if either in free agency or the draft that we can also add another guy to that running back room. And then there's people I've left off this list, which I'm not going to talk about, like, you know, will Ty Johnson make a jump? Will Travis Fulgham be decent in the future, or would these guys be um, cap casualties and, and late picks that didn't turn out? You know, I'm I'm anxious to see that as well. But Bo, I think, is a guy that you can pencil into this team and build around and be excited about. And Carryon Johnson. Carryon Johnson is only 22 years of age, I believe. Probably heading to be 23 shortly. Makes an average of only two million bucks a year. We have him till 2022. People talking about, oh, this guy's injury prone. Just get rid of him. Like, we'll just find some other running back. No. You're keeping Carrion Johnson. He's crazy young. He still has a good head on his shoulders. Will he be an an all-pro, you know, top elite back? You know? Not only is that yet to be determined, I I don't mind if you're somewhat skeptical on that. But, I mean, you've got to believe that this guy can be a top, top running back in a committee or part of a team or a guy that can catch it, run it, run between the tackles, speed to the outside. Like I say, can catch the football average or above average in that capacity, can run block. He's definitely a piece that you're not only keeping, you're building around. If you can add to that room and add an electric rookie with crazy speed or you can get a, a nice vet that still has some, um, you know, some, some carries left, some tread on those tires, hey, great. But in the meantime, carry on, Bo, Ty Johnson, these are all guys that you can can roll out. Even J.D. McKissick showed well this year. He's another guy that makes really no money, can bring him back on a good deal, and I think he can help in 2020. So, I mean, I don't know how many that was. That was at least, you know, 20 to 30 football players that I named off that are on good contracts, are young, have shown some promise. Now, did I name off a bunch of, you know, all NFL, all pros? No. But I think when you really look at it, teams in the NFL that win have a handful of elite, blue-chip, all-pro type playmakers. They have a lot of the guys that I did mention, which are really good, solid football players, young, you know, about ready to go into the prime of their careers, just learning the system, learning what their role is. And then you have people at the bottom of the roster that are really cheap but know their role, play good on special teams, consistent you know, able, you're not locked up in any bad contracts. I really see no bad contracts on this football team whatsoever in regards to money, length, you know, things that are just going to cripple this team from years to come. And even when you go across other teams and you think, oh, this is such a great team, I guarantee you there's at least a couple contracts where you just look at it cross-eyed going, what? They're paying that guy what? They have him to win? So I'm telling you, I expect a lot of this in 2020. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! I think you're going to see the ad, the Lions add a lot of these. I want winners. I want people that want to win. I think you're going to see a bounce back year from this guy. Carry on my son. I think all the Lions fans that are both believing 
And all those that have been always eating that Detroit Lions cornbread. Cornbread! And those that don't believe, those that are on the outside looking in, will start believing again in 2020, 2021, and beyond. And we'll be here talking all about it right here on the Believe in Lions podcast, on the Believe Podcasting Network. I can't thank you guys enough for listening. This was the debut episode. Look for me to have my guests on starting here in the near future, as well as always talking all things Detroit Lions, believing in the Detroit Lions and what we can do as we move to the 2020 season, the draft, free agency, all things going to be super exciting to talk about. I just gave you a baseline today of Bob Quinn, Matt Patricia, and the Lions Foundation that they're going to build on and build to the future. So thanks so much, everybody. Take care. I'll catch you next time right here on Believe in Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.